Thank you. Wow. Amazing. Virginia, we won this thing! How much fun. And I want to thank my beloved Commonwealth of Virginia. My fellow Virginians. We stand here this morning <laughs> at this defining moment, a defining moment that, yes, started with two people on a walk, and a defining moment that is now millions of Virginians walking together. The following is brought to you by Will Harris, Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast for election night, day. Well, it, it's the third technically when you're getting this probably, but I am here in Virginia on election night and I decided I'm done. I'm done with all this coverage because Terry McAuliffe, T-Mac, just came out and, and, and pulled an absolute coward move. He, he gave a non-concession concession speech. Either you stay behind doors because you believe that this race is still winnable or you come out and you concede. You don't come out and say, we're going to keep counting votes and then give a concession speech. Trash move by Terry McAuliffe, who will likely now be banished into the shadow realm because Glenn Youngkin, as I record this, is... With all likelihood, we are still pending a few big calls, uh, either from the AP or CNN, but with all likelihood, there is no, not enough gas in the tank for Terry McAuliffe to become Terry two times. He will now just be the once and governor of Virginia. We're going to get into a lot of why that was the case uh, with our guest on this podcast, Mike Cohen who I watched the, the results come in with uh, and, and we talked for about a half hour and we will throw to that in a second. The big thing here is that Virginia isn't the biggest upset of the night, at least as we are watching these results come in. No, man, I'm here just being simply Commonwealth. What I should have done is get that green. Like the Garden State, New Jersey, baby. What's your exit? It looks like the exit might be tonight for the sitting governor, the Democrat Murphy. 
as uh, 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 Cicciarelli. Uh, only a few states in the union get a Cicciarelli run for statewide office. But right now, the Republican, this was not even on my radar. 51% of the vote counted. Obviously, a lot to go, and this is a very close race. But we have seen a building, a, a, a building lead now for the Republican. Folks, uh, uh, we will talk about this on the Friday show, but even if Murphy holds on, and right now it's not even holds on, he would have to come back and wins this. We are at purge levels of violence for the Democratic Party. They are going to go at each other because they're both going to blame each other for not getting this infrastructure bill done. They are all going to blame Biden. And as you will hear as I talk to, to, to Cohen, you are going to see a lot of Biden blame. And some of it will come directly from uh, the, the lips of Terry McAuliffe. But uh, uh, boy, it's, it's a big night if you are a Republican. It is a bad night if you are a Democrat. And if this is the official beginning of the midterms, oh, Baby, I think all of our Republican listeners, all of our conservative listeners, they might have a new song, a new song that they can put on the playlist, because if you're on the red team, that's just the wave. Waves don't lie. Here, let's go ahead and throw to our guest, uh, Michael Cohen, uh, of course, the author of Modern Political Campaigns. He lives in Northern Virginia. We broke down uh, the, the results of the Yunkin race as it became clearer and clearer that this was going to be a win for him. Enjoy that. Well, friends, uh, uh, this has been a historic night here in the uh, uh, Virginia governor's race. And if we're in Virginia and we're talking about elections, we're talking about modern campaigns, we are talking to Michael Cohen. Mike, we're here together. We're, we're, in, we're in one of your favorite breweries. We are in my favorite brewery completely, uh, Crooked Run over here in Sterling. Big shout out. Big shout out. They're fantastic. They set us up here in the back room so we could just hang out. Any ambient noise you hear, they're just brewing said beer. They're brewing beer. We are literally in the back room of the back room. There are just gigantic boxes of equipment beside us, and we have been watching the results come in on CNN. Uh, uh, it looks... And online. And online, yeah. because, yeah. folks, it looks like this thing might be a wrap uh, uh, Wasserman of Cook Political is uh, uh, reporting this as a uh, a win for Glenn Youngkin. CBS News, as we record this, has changed their Virginia governor's uh, race prediction from toss up to lean Republican. And more importantly, to this podcast, because you know we love him, our boy Evan Scrimshaw, who is never shy about his political opinions, and He's as of as of yeah. a week ago was saying that he was going to sure concede this will be closer. It will be McAuliffe plus six instead of McAuliffe plus eight. 
has said that McAuliffe is toast here on Twitter. So maybe this uh, uh, ages poorly. Maybe maybe this this segment of it ages poorly. I doubt it. But uh, uh, a qualifier that we were recording this at 839 Eastern local time here on election night. Uh, Mike, what happened? How do we go from a Biden plus 10 state, a state where a Republican has not won statewide office in recent memory to Glenn Youngkin possibly being the next governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia? With the fair caveat that we don't know all of the votes, but we see the trends. Yeah. Um, it looks like the uh, the situation in, in Fairfax is narrowed. Yeah. It looks like Henrico County came so, in. So, so just just for folks yeah, sure. who are, or uh, uh, let's 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 try to keep it. Uh, Fair, Fairfax. Yeah. Fairfax is what to the Democrats. Fairfax is the one county you must win the most votes, the most blue, right up against uh, the district. And yeah. so, if you don't win that, you're dead. Um, usually, that comes so in you, very. You late. don't have to win. You have to you have slaughter. To, you have like to this destroy. Is where, yeah. Yeah, it is very you, populated. That's where your votes yes. come from. You've you got to run up the score. You have to Thanos snap your, yes. you know, your boys into defeat. You got to crush them. Right now, that has narrowed. Uh, what we've also seen is my home county of Loudoun County, where we are tonight. Yep, um, where, 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 where I was freezing my ass off with Glenn Youngkin yeah, last with, night with wrong fi- footwear. I mean, you had to go out and buy <laughs> shoes. I did. I literally went I mean, out and bought shoes so from new. Burlington Coat Factory. You have to see these things. We'll put it up on the web. But <laughs> I'll take a picture this, this of my legitimately shoes. new yeah. footwear for, for this podcast. <laughs> because I froze too much. I'm so I froze impressed. Too yeah. much with, with, with Glenn Youngkin in Loudoun County. Yeah. And a new jacket. I mean, uh, now, yeah, but, now, that being said. And then Henrico County yeah. also narrowed, which has been cited by a bunch of folks online as well. And the redder areas of the, of the uh, Commonwealth have actually gotten more red, even though... He didn't give the full Trump and no Trump rally, no Trump rally. He got a phone in. Yeah. Which he didn't which even, he didn't even appear at. Right. Like, so, so this was very and which much McCall's misappropriated to being a rally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to get into the, okay. the misadventures of, of Mr. Terry McAuliffe in a second, but let's, let's yeah. talk about kind of where we are electorally. The other thing that stands out to me on the map is the Southeast of, yes. of Virginia. That Virginia is, Beach. Of, of the three most populous areas of Virginia, please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm a novice at this, but we are talking about Northern Virginia, which borders D.C. Right. We are talking about Central Virginia, which is Richmond, where the capital is. And then we are talking about Southeast Virginia. That's Virginia Beach and and the surrounding environs. You're right? a quick study. You're good at There this. we go. Okay. Go. Yeah. And right now, at least, mm-hmm. Central Virginia and Southeast Virginia are the ones that Youngkin has a shot at actually flipping. Right. And he does need to flip a few places. Yeah. So the ones that were sort of on the borderline where he could get a shot at it, he is actually flipping. And then on top of that, he's blowing out some of his expectations in Loudoun, particularly, and then over in Henrico. And he's narrowing the gaps, you know, particularly in Fairfax. So, you know, all this is coming together for him right now. And if you look at a map right now at about 842 Eastern time, you're seeing a lot of red. And- that's with a not insignificant amount of these votes coming in. Like we are not looking at, at a lot of, you know, 16, 20%. We're seeing more 30, 40% Loudoun County specifically, which has been so much in the news. We were covering here on this podcast weeks and weeks and weeks ago with the whole thing with the school board. Uh, that looks like it is all 
all but in. And while Terry McAuliffe wins it, possibly by eight, nine, 10 points, we will see what happens in the final count. It's not the 16, 17, 18, 20 that Biden and, and uh, Northam got. And, and so that like, look, Give me, give me the big, the big uh, uh, speech on education. How important was education in this race? Education in Loudoun was everything. Yeah. It became the race. And essentially what happened here was in Loudoun County that a girl was raped in a, in a high school where my son goes to. Yeah. And this kid came from a different high school where he did the exact same thing. They moved the kid along to yeah. our high school and it happened again. And the school board and the district attorney here, um, Buddha Bibirai, uh, did not prosecute. And the school board did not tell the truth of what's going on. And on top of that, all of that, the school superintendent didn't tell the truth of what yeah. was going on. And so all of that together gave everyone the kind of feeling of like, wait a minute, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, this is like, you know, the, the county that is the highest, um, you know, household income in the country. You know, these people do value education. My yeah. son goes to to school with a lot of kids of color, particularly Indian descent, South Asian descent. And they have been studying for the SAT since they were like four, five, six years old. <laughs> so this, okay. this, is a, this is a county that takes education very, very, very seriously. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I mean, certainly Jewish community does that as well and certain other communities. But you look around the county and it wasn't about you know, transsexual, it wasn't about this kind of thing. It was all the things that are being reported in the national media, the local situation here is really about student safety yeah. and also responsiveness to a crisis. And they blew it. And Yunkin Air dropped in here and said, we're going to take care of that. And that really fired up people here where you went last night. Yeah, I think that there's no coincidence that his final rally of the campaign was a parents for Yunkin rally in right. Loudoun County. And, and those signs and, are everywhere now. And he's, and he's dropping, you know, Randy Weingarten, the head of the teachers union's name, and people are cheering on command, which is one of my signs when a candidate is really speaking to a a community, uh, to to a base. It's like when, when like, I used to joke about how like a Ron Paul supporters like as soon as he would mention like the gold standard, like something that by and large, most people don't care about. It was like the opening strains to your favorite rock song. It's like the opening guitar exactly. line. We were like, and the gold standard. Uh -huh. like you would love it. That was Youngkin with Randy Weingarten, the head of the, 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 the teachers union in America, who most people don't know. But that crowd who was standing out there in a freezing field that made me buy new shoes today, they <laughs> cared. They cared a lot. And it's ethanol in Iowa. Yeah. It's the meme of one of us, one of us. It's, yeah, it, 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 they, everyone understood exactly like, yep, this is a guy who gets it. I don't care if he's a billionaire or a millionaire or a zillionaire. Yeah. He's one of us. We're good here. Let's talk about Terry. Let's talk he about is Terry. now, if these results hold, one for three in runs for Virginia governor. Yeah. He is the money man historically for the DNC. Uh, he, to my analytical eyes, was an uninspired campaigner when I saw him yesterday. I have been very disappointed with his messaging. Uh, one of the points that we were talking about as we were watching the results come in is that it should be no surprise that he's holding margins in Fairfax County, 
because it looks like he ran a local election in Fairfax County. If you run on January 6th and you run on Screw Trump, that's where it really matters because this is literally a commuter county for D.C. He basically ran for county commission, you know, yeah. at Fairfax County. And guess what? Hey, he not only held it, he probably gained a point or two, but that's not going to get you the rest of the Commonwealth. And so, you know, I mean, I think I went on your podcast maybe a couple of months ago and said to you, you, you know said what? you said that he had a shot. You said that, the, 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 that there was something happening with this Yunkin guy. I said there was an opening there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty clear that that came together definitely after that debate where um, Terry McCall stood up there and said, parents don't matter. You know, we don't want them involved in our education system. I we think, don't I want think, them I think, teaching. I think the fateful, the fateful write it on his, write, write it on his epitaph quote was yeah. that I don't Tomb, want political tombstone. I don't want political. Uh, I, don't, I want parents to be telling their teachers what, what to, to teach. Do. Yeah. 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 And, and parents kind of believe they have the right to have some kind of input and control. And yeah, I think no, that I, that's, I, and, and that was a signal to Yunkin to go all in yeah. on, on education. And it's pretty clear that the light went off then at that point. They sort of caught up to what I was seeing, the opening, and they blew it open. Yeah, I guess that's, that's part of it is that he doubled down on the idea that for, for Terry, and this might be the Democrats uh, in general, and this is where we can pivot a little bit to 2022, but like, they keep looking at this like it's, you know, critical race theory is, is this, you know, boogeyman that only racists care about. And you can certainly have your, your dialogue about that specific idea, right? That specific, like that is a shorthand that I do think is misappropriated, but what parents in Loudoun County, what parents throughout Virginia and specifically parents that were in those red counties that were gigantic Trump voters and still voted in Trump level margins for Glenn Youngkin, uh, they saw safety. They saw, and and this is something that, that Youngkin really hammered on. It wasn't just, oh, I, I don't want your kids to, to be taught about race in a certain way. In fact, he goes out of his way in his speech last night to say, I want all history to be taught. I want good history. I want bad history to be taught. This isn't about that. This is about the bigotry of low expectations versus high expectations. It's about student safety. It's about all these things that I think reverberated enough through the blue counties that Biden voters either stayed home or voted for Yunkin. And uh, Terry just really didn't have an answer. Terry's answer for this was is he talked over people. Yeah. And in politics, you never want to talk over people. You always want to talk to them and through them. And so in this case, Youngkin found a way to communicate education in a way that really connected with what their lived experiences were, the voters. Yeah. And he's talked to parents who, by the way, vote as opposed to, I support the school board who's being attacked or I support the teachers unions who are under attack Yeah, or all these people who are under attack who are not you. Yes. You know, this is all other people who run the government. Yes. Right. As opposed to the people who fund the government which is you. Which is you. Right. And so it was very much a, I'm with you as opposed to I'm with all these other people who just don't get it. And by the way, Terry McAuliffe doesn't get it because he's been in politics all his life. Yeah. So it was legitimately turning all of his experience on its head and giving Yunkin the opening of, hey, I'm just a guy here. 
Yeah. It, it, it. Let's pivot out to 22 mm-hmm. because I think watching this right now, we are looking at a blueprint, two blueprints specifically. Number one, what matters to voters post COVID education? Number two, how do you win as a Republican in blue areas when Donald Trump poisoned the well with those voters? You saw Glenn Youngkin. He didn't reject Trump. He didn't go full Liz Cheney. He didn't go Adam Kinzinger. He didn't say. She can't do that. He didn't yeah. say screw you. He said, I very much thank you for your endorsement. I value you as an outsider who wanted to change the government and then kind of moved on. Right. He, he did not. He did not take the bait and defend the, the uh, place where Trump called in and they pledged allegiance to a flag on January 6th. He didn't go to the rally where Trump called in. He, he held him at arm's length. He took the compliments. He didn't disrespect him. And it looks like it was a winning, a winning play. No ads together. Yep. No events together. Um, nothing together other than, hey, thanks. And that was enough at this moment in Trump's life yeah. to accept in the wake of what happened on one six. Yeah. The question really becomes in 2022 is Trump satisfied with that enough of kissing the ring? Yes. Right. Does he then say after this experience, well, man, if it's not all about me, how do I run at 24? So I need it to be more about me. So I want you to, you have to embrace me. Otherwise I'm not going to endorse you. We have to do an event together. I have to do something with you. And if that changes, it makes it more difficult for Republicans. If Trump says, you know what? The path back to me is less is more. Yeah. Um, Not everybody has to love me. Right. But just don't disrespect me. Don't disrespect me. Not disrespect me. Right. You cannot be Liz Cheney. You cannot be Adam Kinzinger. But if you're Glenn Youngkin, Which, by I the can way, live with would that. Would be every other ex-president ever. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> like, no, no president. No, they don't it, all I, have I, a live blog like Trump does. Yeah. But like every president ever is like, look, you might not have to like have me there doing cartwheels in your district, right. but do not come out of here and start talking bad about me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, this really comes down to everyone's estimation in their own district of how much they need Trump. Yeah. So in some of these gerrymandered districts, you're going to see the full embrace, right? But in those districts that really make a majority or or a minority, you may find that they play the Yunkin, um, you know, playbook here where they say, you know what? I might be able to win on education issues because everyone's pissed at their school board. Yeah. I were talking about that on beer number one. Yep. And then after that, just say, okay, thank you for the endorsement and I'm moving on. Yeah. And if you do those two things together, you got yourself a strategy. All right. I'm, re- I'm ready to debut a new Bon Mo here for, for you, the PX3 faithful. When Republicans are bad, they're crazy. We're talking about legitimate rape. Like, you know, you dive way too far into culture war stuff. I'm or, not a witch. Yeah, I'm not a witch. When Democrats are bad, they're lazy. What I saw with Terry McAuliffe was a very lazy campaign, a campaign where they looked at all of their problems and they said, these aren't problems. And if you believe they're problems, that you're crazy. Yeah. And this is what you and I talked about last time. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm sniffing a bad campaign here. Yeah. He wasn't executing any kind of plan in Loudoun County. No. Okay. No door knocking, nothing. Yesterday and today, two 
tweens, maybe teenagers, the nicest kids you've ever met, knocking on doors, coming to my house, coming to every house. Yeah. So not micro-targeting, but just blanketing everything. Yep. We got mail. We got um, door knockers. We got kids asking us who voted. When I told them, you know, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to vote. They're like, okay, no problem. We'll yeah. move on. And they were wonderful. Nothing youngkin. For, youngkin people. Youngkin people. Yeah. Radio silence, zero from um, McAuliffe, other than ads about how, you know, Youngkin is essentially the second coming of Trump. And, and to me, that says a lot about what he thought of us. Yeah. And also how he was taking Loudoun County for granted because he, they ran it up so high last time. Well, guess what? That, that narrowed a lot this time. And it may be one of the reasons why they're not winning as much here. And it probably is the same thing that happened in other counties like Henrico. What does it say about Biden? Because I think, I think we were of the agreement. We've talked a lot about local issues. I don't think sure. it's really a debatable point that uh, Youngkin won because of local issues, if he wins. We're assuming he wins. Uh, that being said, mm -hmm. nobody wants to have the most popular person or the head of their party underwater by over 10 points in, in, in their approvals. And then do events with them. Although he didn't want to. McAuliffe, McAuliffe booked stuff with Obama. And by the way, when I'm watching the Washington football team game on Sunday, a lot of McAuliffe fans, yep. a lot of celebrity McAuliffe fans, they were all about a Democratic president, but that man's name was Barack and not Joe. And yeah, not Joe. Yeah. 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 It, it's hard. And, you know, I think obviously in the political environment right now, very bad for Democrats, very bad for Biden. And, you know, whether it was Biden or Harris, who's not polling well either, usually the vice president no. polls a little bit ahead of the president because yeah. they're not seen as political. She's actually worse off. Um, so neither one of them were a net plus here. And they got a lot of play in the media, you know, with a couple of their events that they had separately and then together. And so, you know, you bring out all the Pauls. Yeah. And all that shows is that you're a Paul, right? And Youngkin brings out all of these sort of, you know, every ad that he had, wall of people behind him, wall of people in front of him. And just voters, not political people. And so the contrast between the two is pretty stark. And I think that, you know, Biden's numbers being low definitely made it a harder race for young for um for McAuliffe. But the fact of the matter is, is that good campaigns can win. Uh here's something to watch for, friends. And this is this is my my media training talking. Get ready for the unsourced stories about how Biden screwed McAuliffe. Because McAuliffe is not going to take personal responsibility for this. He is going to bury Biden in the press. Oh, he's he's going to bury him in the press. And it's already happening. Yes. Like, yeah, if you're he was doing reading, it before. That's what I'm saying. If, he, you're, if yeah. you're reading the political press right now, what you're seeing is all of the things of like, yeah, you know, he really thought that Build Back Better should have gotten done about a month ago. Yes. Right? We really and, wish it would have happened. Yeah. We really wish it would have happened. And even better, the BIF should have been done. But these are all things that matter to Fairfax County. Right. Yeah. And he won. He, he did. And he, he won yeah. in Fairfax County. So he he's his problem was the rest of the state. I mean, like that right. was. Yeah. So obviously there is there was that. But in his mind. Right. In his mind, he's running that because he is a national politician. Yes. He's run the Democratic National Committee. And so he still thinks about himself in those terms. Yeah. And so if you think it, then you act like it. And so that's how when. So you're right. All of that's going to come out. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be sad to a certain extent, but 
the fact of the matter is, is that they didn't execute a winning strategy to win a statewide election that was absolutely winnable. Well, although when you look at it with your eyes, there is only one L in McAuliffe, it looks like there are two L's in his record in voting or running for governor of Virginia. Yeah, one of them's Any final, fi- final thoughts here, Mike? Yeah. Um, and you know, I wrote a book on this, but, okay. camp- but campaigns matter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, the political scientists, you were, you were, you were very, you were very like, when, when I, when I kept bringing it up before the votes came in and I was like, Hey, look, fundamentals, fundamentals. We were heard a lot today about the high turnout specifically in some of the and it's real. counties. And, like, it's real. and so that was good news for the Democrats. Uh, uh, and, and you were, you were very crestfallen, I would say at the idea that this could be anything more than a very, very close race because as you said, campaigns, it, but, matter. but it's okay if it's a close race because yeah. it, what it means is that fundamentals matter, but also campaigns matter. Yeah. You can narrow a gap or you can win by a little bit in a state right now that had been trending Democrat for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so the right campaign can win. So I, from my perspective, when you're talking to your listeners, yeah, I would say, Hey, look, you know, if you're thinking of running in a tough race, you can win a tough race if you run a great campaign. And to me, um, Glenn Youngkin has won one of the best campaigns I have ever seen. And, you know, maybe that's the high bar that you have to, to leap over. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're going to run as a, as a political person or as just a regular person who has interest in public policy, you know, campaigns are more winnable than you think they are. Yes. And even in situations where you're outgunned and outmanned and outwomaned, or out non-gendered. Yes. Um, you, you can find situations where with the right message out-binary. and the right, yeah, out binary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could, you could win races yeah. if you put all the fundamentals together and you have a strategy and you have a, a reason to run and to win. And Terry McAuliffe never found the reason why to run again, other than, man, I really want that job again. And and I think, yeah, if you look at Youngkin, to me, he was like a very, very patient, like running back. Yeah. Like he started out with the right fundamentals. He was going to be the purple candidate. He wasn't going to really disrespect either side. He was going to very much speak to blue concerns. He was going to speak to red concerns. But what made his campaign impressive was when he found his opening, he ran. He hit the hole. Hard. He hit the he hole. Hit the hole yeah. hard. He did. And 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 that that will be the story. And it's one of those things where I think this is such an impressive win that I do think it's going to be replicated by Republicans throughout the midterms. And that's all anybody's going to talk about and I, and that know, raises, starting today. And that raises their ceiling on how many races they can win. Yeah. So to me, you know, if you're looking at, okay, all they need to do is flip a few races and they win. Well, maybe they win, win a few more races that they shouldn't win because now yeah. they've been given a path. The other thing it says too, is it says to local parties that if you set the situation where you get the right candidate, yeah, which is not the Amanda Chase in um, Virginia, but you get the Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, you do put yourself in a situation where you can win because Amanda Chase, who's a you know, pretty far right, very Trumpy. Yeah. Was never going to win. She, but, she would have, she would have had Trump out here three, four times. Exactly. She would have had Marjorie every Taylor Greene. Yeah. She would have had, he would have been living here. Yeah. He would have been golfing every day. She would have been golfing with him. There would have yeah. been all kinds of media. Glenn Youngkin instead, the party 
puts together this sort of like disassembled convention thing, which basically sets up a process, funky process, by which Yunkin gets the nomination. Yeah. A guy who could win, they then put him in a situation, and this goes back to Rich Anderson, who's, who's the new chairman of uh, Virginia GOP, so kudos to him and his team. They saw this coming. They decided, you know what? We want somebody who can win. Yunkin was one of the guys who could win. They put him in that situation that he could win. He wins it, and then he can hit the hole when the hole opens up yeah. on education. Well, uh, uh, it will be very, very hilarious if, uh, <laughs> if Terry McAuliffe yeah, comes yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. at that point, you can blame Wasserman and Cook uh, uh, for, for, for steering us wrong. Uh, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think they're wrong either. Yeah. Uh, where can people find more of your work and they can buy your book, Mike? Uh, I mean, they can go to modernpoliticalcampaigns.com or they can go to michaelcohen.us or they can go to my Twitter feed at Michael Cohen. Um, you will not get the other guy in the ankle bracelet. You'll get nope. me. Nope. You know, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm the other guy. Uh, but all of that, truly appreciate it. And, and man, it's just so great to see you in person. It, this was this was awesome to actually watch uh, just nerd out as as, yeah. as the returns uh, were, were, were coming in. And either I was getting a very happy uh, version of you yeah. as you are a uh, primarily Republican pollster or sure. I would be getting a very sullen one. But still... Uh, either way, the beer tastes great, and uh, it was it <laughs> was a pleasure were good to too, do. Right? And the tacos were excellent. Shout out to Senor so, Ramon. So, so what is this? Is Crooked Run. This is Crooked Run Fermentation. Um, they do uh, not only uh, beer, but they're doing wine now, which is great. Yep. And then they're connected to Senor Ramon, which is here in Sterling and also in Leesburg. They're terrific. I I love the tacos here. Yeah. And you know it's it's great because like. If you're having beer, you're like, I want tacos. And if you have tacos, you're like, I want beer. I mean, and then I you come here and beer. you're like, I get both. There you go. Yeah. And great people too. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, guys, thank you. And that will wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. We are not done speaking to you from D.C. No, our Friday episode will also include uh, uh, stuff that we record while we are out here. I'm going to have a big meetup. If you are listening to this on uh, November 3rd, we will be at uh, Present Company in D.C. starting at 6 o'clock. And boy, will there be a lot to talk about. But... Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying uh, some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio. Politics. 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 Perfect.